The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome, Giants fans. You are listening to the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and I'm recording today's show on Monday afternoon, the final day of the 2019 NFL Scouting Combine. Most likely by the time you are listening to this show, the Combine will be history. Um, So on today's show, I thought that uh, what I would do is kind of uh, wrap up some of my thoughts on the Combine. I will also have a chat a little bit later on with Patricia Traina, contributor at Big Blue View, Forbes, and multiple other places to uh, discuss, you know, both of our impressions of what we learned over the past few days during the during the combine, a couple of topics that I wanted to hit before I get to my chat with Patty. Uh, one is about Dave Gettleman and quarterbacks. The other is about Landon Collins. Collins and his impending free agency. I think I will start with Collins first. I've seen other members of the media say the same thing, but I will also say that I was and have been very much surprised over the past few days by what seems to be the Giants' willingness to allow Landon Collins to enter free agency. Tuesday, is the day when the Giants have to decide whether or not to use the franchise tag on Collins to keep him you know, from entering free agency. A week ago, I would have said that I thought it was pretty certain that the Giants would do that. After listening to Dave Gettleman on Wednesday in Indianapolis, I'm not so sure 
I think that, uh, you know, Gettleman talked a lot about distractions. He talked a lot about how upset players get when you use the tag on them. He talked an awful lot about eliminating distraction. He talked a lot about the financial ramifications of using the tag on Collins and what that would do to the Giants' ability to improve their team and use their their cap resources uh, you know, in free agency and, and uh, other things. So to me, you know, I've been a little bit surprised over the past few months, to be honest with you, that there seems to be somewhat of a disconnect between Collins and the Giants. At least I have the impression that there is, that they don't quite see things the same way, whether that's Collins' value whether that's the position and how he should be used, you know, on the field by defensive coordinator James Betcher, but I just don't think that the relationship between Collins and Giants management is as healthy or as good as one would hope that it would be. A veteran scout told me that he thinks the consensus around the league at this point is that the Giants will not tag Collins, that they will allow him to test the free agent market. And at this point, I have to agree with that. It's you know much to my surprise, as I said, I would not have felt that way a week ago, but I think that uh, I think that Collins is going to be allowed to test the market. We'll see what that does to the Giants' defense. We'll see how that. Uh, we'll see how all of that plays out soon enough. The other topic, of course, and the big topic around the Giants these days is the quarterback situation. We heard from Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer last week that it does appear that Eli Manning will be their quarterback in 2019. Pat Shermer was much more definitive about that than Dave Gettleman was. You know, Gettleman left the door open as a good general manager should. He left the door open to doing some other things, you know, depending on what fell into his lap. But at the same time, he was very adamant that he feels Eli Manning can still play that he can still make all of the NFL throws, that much of the negative narrative surrounding Manning in recent years has been unfair to the two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. And, you know, he he basically did everything except say, you know, that there's no doubt Manning will be the starting quarterback at least at the beginning of 2019. So pretty much the takeaway there is that the organization still supports Manning, who will be entering his 16th season in 2019. The other thing about Gettleman is one of the things I've learned about Dave over the past couple of years is Gettleman is pretty transparent. He won't come right out and absolutely tell you, you know, what he's going to do, but he's pretty easy to read. In retrospect, a year ago, he fawned all over Saquon Barkley didn't say flat out that he was going to draft Barkley, but when you think back on it, you know, he was pretty much telling you for or telling us in the media, you know, for for months ahead of time that he loved Barkley, that Barkley was his guy in the 2018 NFL draft. Spin forward to this year and my takeaway is that 
I do not believe that Dave Gettleman is in love with any of the quarterbacks at the top of the draft. Be that Kyler Murray, who I don't think has any chance of being there at number six, you know, when the Giants pick. Be that Dwayne Haskins, be that Drew Locke, Daniel Jones, you know, whoever. I don't think Dave Gettleman is in love with any of them. I think that it's entirely possible that the Giants could take Dwayne Haskins or maybe, you know, even, you know, on the outside, you know, maybe an outside chance that they took Drew Locke. I doubt it, you know, at number six. But I do not believe that Gettleman at this point is in love with any of those quarterbacks. And he's said it multiple times. You have to be in love with one of these guys if you're going to take one you know, that high in the draft. If you're going to put your franchise in their hands, you have to be in love with this guy. You have to believe in the guy. You can't take the guy just to take the guy or you can't talk yourself into making that pick. You have to truly believe in it if it's going to work. And right now, I don't believe that Gettleman is in love with any of these guys. I get the impression that the Giants quarterback board is still in flux, that it's still moving up and down, you know, beyond uh, you know, beyond, you know, Dwayne Haskins. I still think, you know, I still think the Giants are trying to figure out what order they want to put these quarterbacks in. I think really, as much as Gettleman said during the combine that history tells us that for the most part, if you want a franchise quarterback, you better get him in the first round. You better get him early. You better not wait around. I still believe there's a possibility that what the New York Giants will do is go either offensive line or defensive pass rusher at number six and then perhaps look to get a quarterback on day two. Someone like Daniel Jones if he falls. Someone like Ryan Finley who seems to be getting increased attention. Someone like Jarrett Stidham of Auburn who's a player who who the Giants might like and who seems to be getting, you know, more and more buzz, you know, as the uh as the draft gets a little bit closer, same with Finley who has a uh a little bit of who seems to have a nice skill set, some questions about his arm strength, but you know, again, you know, keep in mind that Pat Shermer always says that arm strength is well down the list of things he cares about in a quarterback. So just keep Finley, Jones, Stidham, those kinds of guys in mind, especially you know when we get to a day two situation. We we know that right now the Giants don't have a third round pick, but with Gettleman's history of. Uh, of trading up in the middle portion of the draft, something he did quite often as general manager of the Carolina Panthers, I fully expect him to find a way to use some of the extra picks the Giants have, and they have 10 right now entering the draft. I fully expect him to find a way to get into the third round of this draft. So, you know, I I just I just have a feeling, you know, listening to Gettleman speak that 
that he really likes what he sees from the Hog Mollies in this class, both on the defensive side of the ball and on the offensive line. And, you know, both Gettleman and Shermer emphasized again and again that the Giants need help on the defensive side. I think that their ideal situation would be to take defense at number six if they can. We'll see how it plays out, but that does that would not surprise me, you know, in the least. So, Giants fans, with, with that said, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I will play for you a chat that I had with Patricia Trainer. So we'll play that for you in uh, in just a moment. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Okay, Giants fans, we're back here on the Valentine's Views podcast, and I'm joined now, as promised, by Patricia Trena of Big Blue View, Forbes, the football maven, and a host of other places. Patty, how you doing? I'm doing great, Ed. How are you? I'm good. I'm 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 a little bit more rested. I'm feeling a little bit more like myself after my trip back and forth to uh, to Indianapolis. Are you uh, a little bit? Uh, you get a little bit of rest after uh, returning from Indy. Yeah, you know, my flight back was delayed just a little bit, but we ended up actually pulling into the gate and deep planning about five minutes after we were supposed to so not too bad overall and uh, you know as I was saying we were both in Indy for a few days we had the opportunity to listen to GM Dave Gettleman and head coach Pat Shermer talk not only publicly but privately to Giants media we had the opportunity to speak with several players to sit through a lot you know, several interview sessions. Patty, just uh, let's start with uh, with what we heard from Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer. Just, uh, you know, for you, 
you know, some things maybe that really stuck out in your mind, you know, about what we heard on Wednesday morning? Well, a couple of things come to mind. Number one, I did not walk away convinced that they were anything more than lukewarm on this quarterback class. Um, Look, they need, they need to eventually get Eli Manning's successor on board. And ideally, you'd like to do that this year. But I did not come away convinced that that right now is the plan. Now, will that change after they have the visits and go to the, to the pro days? It could. But I kind of got the impression that they were more, uh, I guess, in love, for lack of a better term, with the offensive linemen, specifically the tackles and the pass rushers. And I walked away thinking that in some order, their first and second round draft picks are going to be an offensive tackle and an edge rusher. Now, you know, again, that could change, but that's the impression I came away with. It's interesting, Patty. I happen to agree with you. We know that Dave Gettleman, you know, loves his hog mollies, offensive and defensive side of the ball. We know that you know, entering the combine, that the defensive pass rushing class, you know, was said to be a really, really good one. I think we saw some evidence of that in the workouts in Indy. It just shouldn't surprise anyone if at least in round one, the Giants pass on the quarterback situation, you know, and and go ahead and take the pass rusher. You know, Dave Gettleman says all the time that you can't force that quarterback pick. You can't reach. If you have a player, you know, if, if you have two equal grades, take the quarterback. But I I just don't know that the Giants really, you know, feel that good about the quarterbacks at the top of this class. Yeah, I, I don't get that impression. I mean, I know a lot of people want Dwayne Haskins, and, you know, he's a very, very intriguing prospect, very intelligent, came across very well. I think he would handle the New York media market very well. I could see him as the face of the franchise. I just don't get the impression, though, that they're as in love with him as maybe the fan base are. Now, again, I will say this, Gettleman and Pat Shermer, and especially Gettleman did a lot better job this year to not give, you know, not tip his hand. Although I will say that, again, I, I could have sworn I saw some drool escape from his lips when he <laughs> talked about his hog mollies there. But I guess that's always going to happen. But when it came to the quarterbacks, it was interesting. Number one, they people asked more about Kyler Murray, who, who just – he's not coming to the Giants. I, I just don't see that. You know, there's a report that the Cardinals are planning to take him number one overall. I just don't think Kyler Murray – was ever really in the discussion for the Giants to begin with. But yet everybody seemed, you know, to ask about him and the size and all that stuff. So I just found that very interesting. I did as well, Patty. I can't remember in either the public or private sessions that we had with with uh, Gettleman and Shermer. I don't recall if there was a single specific question asked about Dwayne Haskins there were a lot about quarterbacks in general and a lot about Kyler Murray but I don't remember anything specifically asked about Dwayne Haskins and like you I found that really interesting yeah I I just 
I don't know what the the reasoning was there. I guess you know everybody was fascinated about the size or what you know my, Murray's size and you know I I I made this comment on Twitter. I know I got slammed for it, and I think a lot of people misinterpreted what I said. But once we got to the combine, everybody was obsessing over Murray's size instead of his ability to play football, and I just thought that that was really you know no pun intended here, but short sighted. It's like look, I mean. You quarterbacks come in all different shapes and sizes, so I'm just surprised that there wasn't more uh, devoted to his actual football ability, and that people spend so much time talking about his height. Well, you know, to to disagree with you a little bit there, Patty. I think a lot of the explanation for that is that Kyler Murray left himself open to that during the combine by not doing anything except get on the scale. I mean, he didn't work out, he didn't throw, he didn't run, he didn't go through any of the drills on Saturday. So what he left people with, I think, at least during the combine, the only thing he left people with was was to talk about the fact that he weighed in at 207 pounds. Yeah, I think you're right, Ed. I mean, and, and I wonder if... He- excuse me, the decision for him to not take part in any of the drills is because, you know, he worked so hard to get himself over 200 pounds and maybe he just didn't know how, how fast he would be or how he, you know, his scores would, would, and measurements would come out, you know, once he added that extra bulk, but, you know, just really an unusual type of, of scenario with the quarterbacks, but, you know, just to change gears a little bit, another thing that I found really weird is this whole Landon Collins situation. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to get to that, Patty, because I also found this weird. I just feel like before we heard from Gettleman and Shermer, I would have I would I won't say I would have bet the ranch because I'm not a betting man and, and I really if I owned a ranch I wouldn't want to lose it but I would have been pretty certain that the Giants would have used a tag on a 25-year-old three-time Pro Bowl player to make sure that they kept him especially on a defense where you can look at it and you know we've talked about this you know many times every level of that defense could use an upgrade and it's hard to upgrade the defense by letting the guy who whatever flaws he may have he's the best defensive player that they have and and it's hard to get better when you let that guy walk out the door so I'm a little bit mystified by by the the Collins situation yeah I am too you know Gettleman sat at the table and he talked about money And as you know, Ed, I do a lot of work on the salary cap for Forbes. I do some work on that for Big Blue View. And if they want to find money, they will find it. You know, I, I don't don't sit there and say, well, you know, we need eight to 10 million for the season. Y- yes, you do need some money for the season, but eight to 10 million, that that just seems like a lot. I mean, you look at what they're carrying over from last year. They're basically carrying over close to six million dollars from last year. So that eight to 10 million, you know, I, I'm sorry, that's a lot. Maybe five million I could see bringing over because, you know, who are you going to sign off the street? And then you also have to remember the contracts are going to prorate. So if a guy gets hurt week six, for example, 
and you sign a guy off the street, you're only going to have to pay him for the remaining weeks. And that money's not guaranteed. So I'm not sure I buy the whole money thing. I just wonder if there's maybe something more to the to this story that we're just not, you know, seeing. Yeah, I wonder as well, Patty, because, you know, it's I've had this this feeling ever since the trade deadline last year that there's something between Landon Collins and the Giants organization. There's something in that relationship that's a little bit askew, that's just not comfortable or just not right. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to explain it. You know, I don't know where it came from. But I can't, you know, if if you're looking for money, you don't find money by telling your best player, a 25-year-old stud, you know, who's who's a playmaker, you know, when you're saying you need more playmakers, you don't find that money, you know, by telling your best playmaker, don't let the door hit you on the way out. You find that money another way. So there's there's something behind the scenes going on to me anyway there's something that just doesn't feel right in this relationship and here's the other thing ed i mean if this is how they're treating a defensive captain a homegrown product and a multiple year uh, pro bowler if i'm a free agent and i see this going on i I'd, i'd have pause maybe about coming to the giants i mean this is how you're treating your your homegrown guys the guys who who have gone out there and who have you know i mean collins has been um you know a solid player for them you know he's been a face of that defense he's been a leader he's done just about everything you could ask for and and you know to kind of I don't know, mess around like this. I, I just don't understand exactly what's going on, to be honest with you. Neither do I, Patty. And, you know, you, you're you making me think a little bit about Dave Gettleman and a little bit about his time as general manager in Carolina. And we saw in his relationships with a lot of the veteran players there in his dealings with guys like Josh Norman and his dealings with guys like, you know, like Steve Smith Sr., you know, a lot of those guys where he made unpopular decisions, maybe decisions that you really didn't understand at the time. And, you know, there were people when, you know, when when Gettleman became, you know, general manager of the Giants, you know, some of those former players, you know, took to Twitter and, and, and took shots at him and said basically, you know, things like, oh, he's he's your problem now, Giants fans and and all of that. And to this point, we really haven't seen that. And, and I just, this one, this one has me shaking my head because I just, I just can't see the logic be, of letting this 25 year old player, a guy you should be building your defense around. I can't see the logic of allowing him to get to free agency and and walk out the door. How do you? How do you build a defense? How do you get better, you know, by by pushing him out, you know, by pushing him away? I don't understand it either, Ed, but, we, you know, we should qualify this as saying that as we record it, it is it's about four o'clock on Monday. They still have time to apply a tag. And I know I've been beating the drum for the transition tag for Collins. Now, 
for those who should do- we patty should we start a twitter hashtag the pat trainer landon <laughs> collins transition tag campaign oh gosh listen you got i just you know i i can't make sense of this and and look the transition tag as i see it i think that would be that would maybe serve both parties and be the best of both worlds because again it's a cheaper tag number one Number two, it allows Collins to go out and shop his services. If he thinks he's worth all this money, great. Go out and see if you can get the deal. And then the Giants, you know, if they if they see him, you know, let's say the Jets are courting them. The Jets have a ton of, of salary cap space. And the Giants see this, you know, they might say, okay, you know what? We're not going to be able to compete with any offer they give him. So we're going to withdraw the tag and we're going to take the compensatory pick and pull back the money. That would be the way I would do it. Now, you know, maybe I'm missing something in my logic here, but that to me would be the the, the solution. Yeah, Patty, it's a, it's a mystery to me, and you know, we'll see what happens between now as we record, and I believe it's four o'clock on Tuesday. You know, when uh, when teams have to uh, officially, you know, either apply that tag or not apply that tag. Uh, Right now, I just I don't really I don't really get it. Um, anyway, before we wrap up here, Patty, let's let me do this. Um, let me just say, you know, we talked about we talked about the the quarterback situation. We talked about Landon Collins. As you think about the combine, as you think about what maybe what you heard from you know from Gettleman and Shermer, or what you might have heard you know from players, is there anything else that really sticks out? to you about you know what you might have learned or, or what you saw in Indianapolis um I guess the only other thing that I'm kind of surprised but not really surprised is that it doesn't sound to me like the Giants are going to even entertain the thought of offering Olivier Vernon a, a pay cut that it's either trade him or he's going to get cut that's how I see it and I just find that interesting because I think I saw a report out. Um, I forget who put it out, but there was a report that the Giants might be interested in Marcus Golden and Sidarius um, Smith, I think it is, from Baltimore. Right. So, you know, that they would, you know, conceivably use Vernon's 19.5 million. Well, actually, it's going to be it's going to be less than that. It'll be about 11.5 uh, to sign both of those guys. And, you know, I, I just... I don't know. It's it, it, to me. It's almost like you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul or something, because Vernon is 28 years old. He's not, you know, he's not washed up. I know at times he didn't look effective, but I also thought it was interesting because, um, you know, the impression I got, and, and this actually, you go back to November when Pat Shermer spoke about Vernon not getting ex- drawing extra resources to be blocked when he was healthy. It, it just seemed like you know. Back then, they were kind of putting the handwriting on the wall that they were going to move on from him. But I, I don't know, Ed. I mean, that, that's been a real head-scratcher for me because when he's healthy, we, and we saw this last spring, he was, he was you know, shaping up to be a monster as a pass rusher. Patty, I know that Giants fans get upset when they, you know, when they think about Vernon. They think about the fact that, uh, that he doesn't, you know, produce the – the 12, 15, 17 sack seasons that he's missed some games the last couple of years. But the reality of it is when you look at 
when you look at his run defense, when you look at the amount of, of pressure that he generates, you look a little deeper into the stats, look beyond the sack number, this is a very good player who still has some prime years left. And it, it goes back a little bit to um, to what we were talking about with Landon Collins. What is the plan here on defense? Because you can't just continue to churn this over you can't just continue to push your best players out the door you know I I understood trading away Damon Harrison because I you know you you kind of figured the Giants would move on from him after this year they have BJ Hill they have Dalvin Tomlinson they have RJ McIntosh they have guys in place Um, you know I understood moving on from Eli Apple but and and I understood moving on from Jason Pierre Paul, you know, last off season for the the cap relief, and and I actually thought that Dave Gettleman did a fantastic job in that scenario in actually getting a third round pick for Jason Pierre Paul. But you can't continue to hemorrhage talent and build a better defense. So I'm not I'm not sure that that I that I get what's going on here unless it's simply all about putting their own people in place. That's the only thing I can come up with because but you know there could be stuff happening that we're just not aware of it but yeah it doesn't make sense on the surface it looks like they don't have a plan that it's just okay you know what i've moved into this house and i don't like the decorations and the people around so i'm gonna rearrange everything well they did a lot of that last year patty and and you kind of hoped that that some of that churn would slow down i know pat Shermer calls himself a body collector and says that he likes to keep everybody in place but it looks like the Giants are are looking at this defense, and at least when it comes to, you know, I would consider Vernon and Landon Collins to be the two core players at this point. And, you know, if they let both of them walk out the door uh, in one way, shape, or form, whether that be trading or cutting Vernon or, or losing Collins in free agency, then you're basically rebuilding this defense again. Yeah, and I I just don't understand that. At what point do you say, okay, we have the core in place, now let's just add to this? I'm not sure, Patty, but we will find out, and we should start to get some of those answers uh, within the next 24 hours or so from the time we're recording. Patty, I want to thank you, as always, for for dropping by and, and chatting Giants with us. Uh, hopefully, uh, we will do this again soon. Absolutely, anytime. All right, Patty, we'll talk to you later. All right, Giants fans, that's our show for today. Our thanks to uh, Patricia Trena for uh, for chatting with us for a while. Hope you enjoyed uh, that interview. Hope you've enjoyed all of the Big Blue View coverage of the 2019 NFL Combine. This was my first experience in Indianapolis. Spent uh, a couple of days there. Uh, checking out the combine, figuring out what it was all about, learning what I could for you guys about the New York Giants and their plans, you know, going into 2019. You can read about my adventure getting to and coming back from the combine at Big Blue View. You can also check out all of our coverage, mine, the work done by Chris Flum and Dan Pizzuta 
as well as a quarterback breakdown from Mark Schofield. You can read about all of that in our story stream at BigBlueView.com. As for Big Blue View Radio, please remember to subscribe on all of your favorite podcast applications. Rate and review the show if that's possible. That will help us reach more Giants fans going forward. As always, Giants fans, we thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.